You're listening to the Transform Your Nutrition Podcast with your hosts, Rebecca Heald and Jeff Ash. Our purpose is to help individuals and families transform their relationships with food and develop healthy bodies, minds, and attitudes, all without restriction, guilt, or shame. All right, so we're here for another episode, and we're excited to uh, talk about a, a really interesting topic today. So how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Half term here. Um, so yeah, just juggling kids and work and clients and everything, but all good, all good. What about you? Pretty good. I got my first vaccination this week. So, oh, yes, uh, yeah, to, yes. so that, that went really well, just a little soreness in my arm. And, uh, and then this weekend we're going, going out of town to go see my wife's brother and his wife and our two young nephews. So we're excited to go get some baby cuddle times. And so that'll oh. be fun. Nice. Is that who yep. you went to see? I think I've seen your photo holding one of your nephews before. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's he's yeah. older now and he's more expressive and all of that. So so we're excited to kind of see him at that. You know, they they grow so fast. They develop so quickly at that age. They go from just laying there to like having little personalities and stuff. And so excited to little see that. personalities. I wish yeah. my kids had little personalities. <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll see if it grows into a big personality over time here. Yeah. It's fascinating, isn't it? Just how, yeah. how quickly um they they progress. Um yes. amazing, amazing. Yeah, it really is. So our topic for today is uh something a little different. So we we thought we would ask this question: how can eating for pleasure and satisfaction actually promote better health? Because we talk about in the intuitive eating stuff, um, if you've listened to us before, there's these 10 different principles. And kind of the last of the principles is actually related to nutrition itself, uh, gentle nutrition and and the food choices that we make and those kinds of things. So, um, so much of intuitive eating kind of focuses around this pleasure, satisfaction, uh, what is well, it that you're desiring and 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 feeling full, fullness and stuff. And, and how can we eat in that way and 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 actually have that promote health or does it promote health i think it's quite i think it's something that kind of is at the hub of intuitive eating really Mm -hmm. satisfaction and pleasure and i think principles is it principle six or something like that does talk about satisfaction the satisfaction factor as well and how you know fundamentally we are supposed to enjoy our food is it the Mm -hmm. japanese were we talking about this recently yeah about how the Japanese, you know, pleasure is at the forefront, isn't it, of mm-hmm. um, of the way that they eat? And I think, you know, pleasure and satisfaction is one of the main reasons that we do eat, apart from obviously to to keep ourselves alive physically. Yeah. So, but I think the issue is, you know, particularly here in the UK, over over there in the US as well, is that diet culture really has interfered with that, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. And and I think that there's also a misunderstanding on what pleasurable eating and satisfying eating means, because I think some people think, well, if I just eat for pleasure and satisfaction, I'm just going to eat candy and chocolate and cake and, and, you know, quotes, junk food all the time. And if you really stop and think about it, how many of us find pleasure and satisfaction in eating nothing but um, highly processed fast food uh, sweets and those kinds of things. How many of us really feel satisfied and pleasurable eating nothing but that? Well, I, I don't think any of us do. Um, I think a lot of us maybe who, who struggle and eat more of that than we, than we should be, 
um, it's it comes down to different. There's different reasons. It's certainly not for pleasure and satisfaction. No, and I, I think once you take away that forbidden food um, kind of concept, mm-hmm. which comes along with restriction and dieting, you're not necessarily going to you're not going to get the same pleasure out of it as you think that you're going to because you're restricting it. Does that make sense? So yeah. I think. You know, there's, there is. I think there's been studies been done as well to show that kind of, you know, when we eat in a way where we're pursuing satisfaction and pleasure, where we're thinking about the aesthetics of food, thinking about, you know, what food symbolizes, etc. Um, you know, we actually end up eating less. We end yeah. up in smaller portions because we are eating food that is pleasurable and satisfying. And I think the thing is as well, it, 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 you know, I think there's a, it's a double-edged sword because I totally agree with you that people think oh if I'm going to eat for pleasure I'm just going to eat all the cookies and, and crisps and that is if you think like that you are restricting yeah it's not the case at all and I think there is also this this you know what I think people have become so disconnected with what pleasure and satisfaction means for them mm-hmm. because from such a young age they've been told to eat in a certain way so uh, you know how many people really do think about what food you know what 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 food tastes like what it smells like the texture mm-hmm. you know all of those things like you know texture temperature um what it looks like how many people really really pay attention to those things when they eat these days and then and they're not they're not doing that they're thinking about well is this going to help me lose weight or maintain weight or gain weight mm-hmm. they're constantly thinking in those terms is this good is this bad rather than I really want this because it's crunchy or it smells nice or, you know, this is actually the kind of thing that I like. You know, I've seen it with with some of the women on my group program who've said, you know, I've realized that I'm eating food that I don't really like that much just because my food rules told me it was okay. Mm-hmm. They freak out about eating foods that don't feel safe, you know, and that that's a real, real, you know, mixed up way to, to, to be eating really, isn't it? But I think, you know, I'm not going to say I haven't been there because I have, mm-hmm. you know, and I used to, how many, the other thing is, is how many people, it's about relearning as well. I think intuitive eating is a really great way of relearning what does satisfy you and what you get pleasure from when it comes to eating. Yeah. Because I think you can tell yourself you don't like certain foods. Like I remember telling myself I didn't like cheese and th- I mean, I still don't like certain cheeses, mm-hmm. but there were certain, you know, high calorie, high fat foods that I would say I didn't like just, you know, I'd convinced myself I didn't like them. And I, I went, it was amazing. When you begin to, you know, let go of restriction, you discover the pleasure of food again because you realize how good things taste. Yeah. And you realize that when you allow yourself to have them, you do eat less of them. Yeah, well, when you when you are, are eating for the the explicit purpose of enjoying your food and you slow down, and you're being more connected with your eating experience, be more mindful of it, all of those different things, you start to actually taste the food again, too. So you you eat a piece of pizza, and now you're starting to recognize all the subtle flavors that are in there and um, that you're missing out on when you're when you're just eating to fuel your body. And and a lot of a lot of this diet mentality tells us we're supposed to eat. Food is just fuel, you know, just it's over focus on fueling your body. And now they'll many people will say, oh, well, you know, eat the foods that you love and that you enjoy. But there's still this focus on just fueling your body. And yes, that's important. 
I mean, of course that's important, but there's so much more that we can get during that process by tuning in and saying, am I enjoying this? Am I, am I no longer enjoying this? Because there are certain things we might eat three or four times more than we really needed to, to be satisfied and, um, and, 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 and find enjoyment in that food. Uh, yet we just keep eating because we're disconnected. And, you know, I find now, um, after going through this process of becoming much more of an intuitive eater, and I still, I mean, I'm still on this process and it's going to be a lifelong thing, but the more, yeah, but the more I tune into it, the the more I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, I never really noticed this flavor in this thing, or I never noticed this texture. And it just brings out so much more enjoyment in that experience. And, and, um, and I also notice I stop too, once I'm like, okay, I'm not, all I'm doing now is shoveling this stuff in and I'm full. It's not even really tasting particularly great anymore. I might as well stop eating now. Um, well, there was, there's a great, um, there's a great quote. Um, why did I read it? It might've been in the intuitive eating workbook. Um, cause I, I keep meaning to do a post around this and, you know, my clients i have done some, I've been doing some work on some of my clients so I've been going through a process of getting them to really really engage in the different textures flavors mm-hmm. smells etc that they really like and it's interesting because you know one of these um one, one of the quotes that I read recently was around like if you don't love it don't eat it mm-hmm. basically and if you don't love it savor it I mean and if you love it sorry so if you right. don't love it don't eat it and if you love it savor it so when you're choosing foods from a place of these are the foods that I really enjoy and are going to satisfy me. You'll mm-hmm. savor it, which usually means that you end up eating less of it. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. I mean, I had it, I had some feedback from one of my clients yesterday and she's the one who had been working around this. Okay. Let's really think about what foods, you know, really do, you know, feel good for you. Cause it's also as well, you know, part of pleasure and satisfaction is about kind of, um, you know, how it satisfies you physically as well. Mm-hmm. It is. So it's also paying attention to how foods make you feel, how full they feel in your stomach and things like that. So, you know, and, 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 you know, and I think that's, that's, you know, such a great kind of journey to go through, isn't it? To actually think about how foods look, how appealing they are, how aesthetically pleasing they are, the symbolic value perhaps in their life for you. Like this mm-hmm. week, this week we've been having lots of cakes, there's been lots of celebrations and that's good because it's got a symbolic meaning. And then it's like, okay, and then how do those foods actually make me feel? How does my, you know, how full am I? Because the other thing is, you know, you, you you can make a choice. You don't always have to make a choice that is going to fill you mm-hmm. to the, to, you know, to, to the optimum fullness level when you're eating. It all depends what's going on. You might make a choice to choose a food. You know you're not going to eat again. It all depends on what's going on, doesn't it? So if yeah. you know you're going to eat again quite soon, you can choose something that maybe is not as filling, but has more pleasure and satisfaction taste-wise. Whereas if you know you're going to have to go longer, maybe you're going to have to make another choice. Mm-hmm. So it's all about taking responsibility as well. Yeah. Well, and, and and really investigating how you feel, like you were talking about, how you feel while you're eating, but also how you feel later. Yeah. So that's that, you know, another example of kind of what you were talking about is there are times when I eat uh, certain foods or certain amounts of food based on what I know I'm going to be doing later. So if I'm eating now, knowing that I'm going to be going and working out at the gym in the next hour or so, I don't eat for fullness and satisfaction at that, like 
where I might at another meal. I eat with the intent of, okay, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to the gym. I want to give myself enough protein uh, before that and enough to take the edge off my hunger and to give me enough energy to get through my workout. But I don't want to feel like I have any food in my stomach. So when my workout's over, I might actually be a little hungrier than I would have been had I been trying to kind of evenly space out my meals. But I did that based on how I know I'm going to feel. I want to feel good at the gym and I can always then eat later. And the same, the same with all kinds of things, you know, like, like you were saying, you might just have at one point, you might just eat a smaller amount knowing that you're going to be eating soon and you want, you don't want to spoil your appetite, for example, uh, later on down the road. So you might choose to eat a certain amount or a certain food at that time, but it's all about tuning into to your body and what it needs and how it feels and and how you like to feel. And so um, that's one of the things that that uh, through the intuitive eating process that that I found really beneficial was uh, later on, uh, you know, maybe 30 minutes, an hour later, just stopping and pausing and saying, how am I feeling right now about what I just had for dinner? Am I full? Is my stomach? Does it did I did I get enough? Did I get too much? Because sometimes I'm thinking, okay, I ate I, I actually ate far more than I really needed to. Um, and so maybe next time when I have that food, I can know, okay, four pieces of pizza was probably a good stopping point rather than six or, or however it was. And so really when you're eating for pleasure, satisfaction, and thinking in that in those terms and actually tuning into your body, that can help you eat a more appropriate amount of food. And recently I had that experience with pizza. I, I, I did, I've kind of tuned into what is the amount of pizza that really satisfies me and, and gives me that optimal feeling at dinner time. And now I'm eating that amount. It's actually significantly less than what I used to eat. Yeah. Um, and it also leaves some pizza left for the next day. I can enjoy it again the next day. And Hi. so those are the, that's how I think this eating for pleasure, satisfaction, how your body feels can translate into actually a more healthy, balanced way of eating. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it has, when, we're, when, we're, when we are eating for pleasure and satisfaction, you know, we tend to have, um, you know, a, a higher sense of well-being. And I think it's also associated with lower BMI as well. Um, some, some studies have shown yeah. that. Yeah, the research backs all this up. Yeah, it does. And, and it makes perfect sense. And I've got a great, you know, with the pizza thing, we had quite a lot of pizza, takeaway pizza. You probably noticed on my, yeah, you know. Every um, Friday. <laughs> I'm not, oh, we, we had it again. Are we going to have pizza? I'm like, oh, I'm sick of pizza. Can we get something else? You know, because to be fair, I never was a pizza, because, you know, my family are Italian. We mm -hmm. we always had proper pizza. But then in lockdown, there's a local pizza. Um, some guy opened Weirdo's Pizza. Anyone who's listening in Lincoln, Weirdo's Pizza. Um, they opened, he started doing pizzas from home. He's now expanded. He's He's got, um, you know, he's, he's doing really, really well. But his pizzas are quite authentic. Um, and so we ended up becoming, yeah, lockdown pizza fiends. <laughs> and what I'm going to say here is that in the past, if I'd have had a takeaway pizza, I probably would have like, you know, I would have just ended up eating it all because it was there. Whereas, you know, now it's like, well, it's something I can do whenever I want. It's something that I don't have to do, um, you know, once in a blue moon. So when I do it, like you, I'm all, I, I rarely will eat the whole pizza because it's like, I, you know what, if I ate the whole pizza, I wouldn't feel comfortable. I wouldn't yeah. enjoy it as much and I wouldn't want to do it then as often. 
And you know what? Having a pizza every, I mean, yeah, we've been doing it too much recently. I'm <laughs> not pizza now. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's just, again, exactly what you said. It's about that experience. And I, I did exactly the same thing. I was like, okay. I experimented with it a few times thinking, how much is the right amount? How much do I feel okay with? Mm-hmm. You know? And yeah. And now I kind of know. I know where, where I feel good. And like you say, there's always pizza the next day. If well, what's interesting too is is since I'm coming from a more of that traditional fitness background, the calorie counting is how I got started in this and you know doing the the counting calories and tracking macros and all of that stuff. Oh, and I, <laughs> yeah, and I have I haven't done that for several years now, but um, but when I did do that, I still have that mindset and that mentality. And of course, our nutrition training, we have an understanding of the calorie content. But what was interesting when I did the pizza thing and had made that conscious decision after figuring out kind of the sweet spot for the amount of pizza that suits me for dinner, because I eat very consistently throughout the day. I typically eat the same amount of food at breakfast and lunch and throughout the day. And my activity levels are pretty consistent. I'm just kind of a boring person in that way. But at dinner, I tend to eat about the same amount of food each night. Um, and so what what I did is after I figured out kind of that sweet spot for pizza, I was curious. I, so I tallied up the calorie content and the calorie content, it actually made it a very reasonable meal with the yeah. amount of pizza. And so, you know, a lot of people your think- body, of, Your body is your best, cal- you know. It really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people get caught up in that, in that mentality that, oh, pizza is a- cheat food or it's junk food or it's something I shouldn't eat very often. And I had a client recently, a, a young person make, make reference to the fact that uh, can't eat the, the store-bought stuff because it's not healthy, but home homemade pizza is healthy. And so, you know, we had to kind of work through that and talked about what's the difference, what are the ingredients, what makes it unhealthy and realized, oh yeah, I guess there's really nothing inherently unhealthy with, with pizza. And anyway, you know, when you come, when you, when you think of it in those terms, it's still, it, it actually made it a, a much healthier experience once I tuned in and figured out what's the right amount for me. And now I feel so much better too. I don't going to bed after having pizza for dinner. I still, I still feel satisfied and I'm not stuffed. My stomach's not at that. Oh, I ate way too much. Yeah. And that kind of thing. So no, exactly that. Exactly that. And it's interesting as well, because I think, you know, when when you're counting calories, and I'm not saying it's not, you know, there are some people that are fine with counting calories, yeah. but I think there is the danger sometimes of when you're counting calories, you can work out how many calories you've got, you can allocate, you know, and then and then you're not, you know, you are li- literally listening to a calorie counter telling you how much to eat rather than your own body, which is again, when you can end up overeating or undereating because of that. And there's no pleasure or satisfaction in either of those really, is there? No, especially if you felt like you just needed a little bit more. Like if my calorie counter told me I could have three pieces of pizza, but I really wanted four, yeah, I could do that, but I'd go to bed maybe a little hungrier. Um, and, or even worse, you know, maybe it it said I can only have two or I can only have one. And so, you know, you get into this, this mindset of allowing it to tell you how much, instead of just taking a few moments to say, how much, how much do I need? Because it may be that the calorie counter said I can have four pieces, but I really only needed two on that particular day. And now I've, I've eaten more than I needed to. And, and these are different things that I, I talk with, with clients about, I, of when they're talking about, well, 
how much should I be eating and this and that? And we really dig into how do you feel? How did you feel at the end of the day when you skipped lunch? How did you feel when you skipped that snack? How did you feel when you had the extra snack? Those kinds of things. And and um, and I think that that's how all of this, you know, kind of coming back to that initial question, when we're listening to our body and how that can really translate into better health, not just physical health, but mental health, emotional health, um, social health, whatever it is. And so, uh, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Because I think the other thing is as well, is when you're listening to and you're in tune with your own body, you're never going to feel confused or wonder about how much you should be eating. What you're, I remember, you know, when I was really stuck in the whole, you know, going out, doing anything was just stressful. Mm-hmm. I couldn't go out with my kids. I couldn't go to the beach. I couldn't go for a meal. I couldn't do anything because it was like, I don't know. How am I going to eat? I don't know what food choices to make because it doesn't fit in with the particular diet that I'm following right now. Does that? Mm-hmm. And that is not good no. for your mental or your physical, your spiritual, your emotional. It's not good for your health full stop. Mm-hmm. So when you are you know, eating and listening to your body and eating for the pleasure and satisfaction and listening to your body, that kind of is lifted and you feel, yeah, it's it's just, it's like, it, it's just the best light bulb moment ever, you know, because you just suddenly, you, you, you feel, when you can listen to your own body to make the decisions for you, mm-hmm. it's so much calmer. You know, I've got so, so many of my clients, they say to me that the noise in my head has stopped. I'm so much calmer. I'm so much more confident in my own decisions. And it and it has and it spills over. And I know we've spoken about this before, but it spills over into every aspect mm-hmm. of your life because you feel more in charge just in general and you feel more confident in your own decisions. You know, because you when you're when you're eating, rather than listening to your body and listening to its pleasure and satisfaction factor, you know, you are trying to, you're listening to somebody else. So it slowly erodes trust in your own ability Mm -hmm. to make decisions, which impacts on all sorts of areas of health. Yeah. Well, and we know too, that a lot of people struggle with emotional eating. And if you're, if you're eating in a way that's making, that's not contributing to your emotional and mental health, um, it's going to make it even more challenging to work through that emotional eating. So, uh, so, you know, a- again, it's one of those things where if you can find ways that, that help in that area, that help with your emotional health, your mental health, your social health, that can then translate into making it much easier to get a handle on how you're eating. Because, uh, you know, when, anytime that if you're an emotional eater and, and the way you're eating is making is, is, uh, is a detriment to your emotional health. It's only going to exacerbate the problem. And that's what a lot of, a lot of these eating patterns and diets and stuff do is you have an emotional eater and now you're restricting them, which is going to cause more emotional strain, which then makes it much more difficult to stick to it. And then when you can't stick to the plan because it's, it's too restrictive, then you beat yourself up for cheating on your diet. And then it, it's just this cycle and, and we see it time and time again. And, uh, and it's amazing what the, what, when you, when you, it, it's not that you throw out the nutritious, uh, you know, the nutrition part of the equation. It's not that you don't give any regard to the quality of the food that you're eating or the ki- kinds of food you're eating, or that you aren't being mindful of eating vegetables and and good sources of protein and all of that. I mean, those are, those are important things, but when you make that the focus, it, it uh 
it it sort of takes your your attention off of the big picture items that that actually are going to make the most difference and make it actually easier to eat in that way. Definitely, absolutely. So on that note, how would you what you know what what would you suggest? How would you what advice would you give to people to kind of because like I said to you before, I don't think and I, you know and I would put my money on the fact that most of the, my clients when they start with me are not eating for pleasure or satisfaction. Mm-hmm. They're eating in a way that they feel is the right way for health. Yeah. Yeah. Quote unquote. Um, and you know, I even had this not just last week, one of my clients sat there and she said, I realized every morning I've been having poached egg on toast for breakfast because I'd been told that was a good thing to have for breakfast. And she said, and I realized the other day I don't even like it. <laughs> you know, I was just eating it because yeah. it was safe. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, what what tips or what advice would you give to somebody to help them get back in touch with the, the satisfaction and pleasure? Yeah, a lot of a lot of what I do with people initially is just ask them what they eat, what they like, and then I'll make sh- and I'll ask them to be very honest and and really like really be really think about the fact that do you actually like the food that you're eating? Do you do you really like this? Or they may even say, "I go, I, I eat a lot of fast food out, and this and that." I'll even ask, do you do you actually like a McDonald's cheeseburger? Because I'll eat them, but I really don't like them. If I stop and think, I'm like, "These are salty." And yeah, sometimes they kind of satisfy a nice little taste, but ultimately, it's a super low quality burger. That had I had I gone and just taken a salad with chick, grilled chicken in it, it's probably going to taste better. But we get it stuck in our mind that this is just how we eat and that kind of thing. And and so, um, so yeah, a lot of times I just say, do you actually like eating what you're eating? And sometimes they... Why Why did you make those choices? Yeah. Why are, yeah, why are you eating poached eggs on toast, like you were saying? And, and is there something else? Would a bowl of cereal that you think is not as healthy, would that satisfy your need? Would it still provide you with the same nutritional value that that poached egg and toast does? Um uh, would it make it would it make your 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 day start off better in a way that then later on is easier to eat in a way that may be more beneficial to your body in those other meals and so um yeah so i mean those are those are some of the things where i start is do you like what you're eating and sometimes they say yeah sometimes they say yes i i, I do like what i'm eating okay well great um and then kind of go from there but yeah. More often than not, there are things that they're eating that they don't really like, and you can easily replace them with something that they do like that in in many cases is is just as quote healthy or even more so because um you know a lot of times people think, oh well, I'm avoiding this or I'm avoiding that well, you know that thing you're avoiding is actually really good for you, oh, it is like potatoes that's one that comes up a lot oh that like, came up with potatoes my these things today. are fake. yeah, I'm like there's there's more potassium than bananas. It's a lot of nutrients. Potatoes are something that a lot of the ladies in my group have been restricting. And we've got a WhatsApp yeah. group, you know, really, really supportive group, actually. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I'm loving my group program at the minute. Um, and yeah, there was some there's some stuff going around about potatoes in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But yeah, yeah, those those are just some simple examples that come to mind. Yeah. And I think, you know, I had it um as well where after my workshops, after my last workshops where people were saying, you know, um, they, they, they were choosing foods. I think, I, you know, there was one lady who was saying, I'm eating Muller Lights because I've been told they're better than, you know, Greek yogurt. 
and I'm eating crisps because nuts have got too many calories, but I really love like, you know, and, and, and raw nuts as well, you know, and, and I just, it just, um, again, she was choosing, you know, more processed foods mm-hmm. because that probably weren't keeping her as full either. Right. Um, because the diet rules had told her that she needed to eat in that way. So she was choosing foods that weren't satisfying her, you know, that that weren't from a taste perspective and weren't satisfying her either from from a physical perspective, Mm -hmm. from a satiety perspective. It's just mad. It's just madness. And then you wonder why people are are confused and feeling, you know, lethargic, stressed, you know, like they they don't know where to turn anymore. Mm -hmm. I often get clients as well. Yeah, I think that's a really good thing to really get clients to think about. I think even just being more mindful and, 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 yeah. and present when you're eating can really help as well. Because when you slow down and really think about what you're eating, you notice it as well. So you might notice that you're eating things that are not necessarily as satisfying. Mm-hmm. But also as well, I also do get um, clients to think about all of the senses, you know, like, okay, what appeals to you aesthetically? What kind of yeah. food, you know, do you like colorful foods? Um, you know, everyone is different. What kind of foods texture wise do you like, like mushy food? Do you like crunchy food? Do you like, you know, what, what kind of foods, you know, appeal? What kind of smells do you like? Like some people, you know, love different smells. Some people like sweet smells. Some people like, you know, um, smoky smells, all that kind of stuff. So I get them to really, really think about what actually appeals to them. And then um, one thing I'm doing with my group program next week, um, spoiler alert, if anybody's watching it <laughs> and they're on my group. <laughs> But I'm going to get them to do that. And then I'm going to get them to try and, you know, construct a meal that kind of, yeah, and not every meal is going to appeal to all of your senses right. and keep you full and, and, and satisfied, but, you know, and it doesn't have to, but I'm going to get them to think about constructing a meal, thinking about all of the senses as well. Cause I think that can be a really great way of, of reconnecting with what really does keep, what is really pleasurable to you. Yeah. It's, it's a matter of just mo- most of us, I think that's where we, we just don't even take, the time and certain certainly diets don't tell us to 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 look at that and to really um be introspective about that and and it's not like it takes tons of work to just stop and think what foods do i like and then while you're eating dinner do i even like this food just ask yourself do i like this food yeah i really do or you might be eating it and say you know i really don't like this i don't know why i eat this all the time um then and just taking a, a few moments to pause like that then you can really start to find the foods that you enjoy and you you may even find out you know i had somebody uh in a in another group the other day they were commenting how um they love salads they that if they had to give up that it was one of those like if somebody had shared a meme like which food would you give up if you had to give one up for life it was you know was it this one or this one and you know we see them on social media a lot but but this person was was saying they would they would give up everything except salad you know they would eat nothing but salads of different varieties because there's so many different things that they can do with them and flavors that they can get out of mixing different vegetables and meats and and dressings and all of those things and so I think a lot of times people uh, shy away from things too um, that maybe they don't realize that they they actually enjoy if they just make a few adjustments to them too. 
Well, I did a post recently about it, actually, because like a lot of girls salads, because they think it's just going to be a limp lettuce leaf. And yeah. I did a post about it, about how you can jazz up. You're like, well, I do that all the time. You know, I stick like raw broccoli and cauliflower, mm-hmm. all sorts, sprouts, yeah. roasted. I did a salad the other day with roasted Brussels sprouts. Yeah, you know, get experimentative. Yeah. And because I like crunchy my salad. So it's nice to put, you know, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. You know, salads can be amazing because um, you can just, you can just be so experimentative, can't you? Yeah. And and that's the thing is you and, and I think a lot of these things is that we we talk ourselves out of thinking that we enjoy them. We talk ourselves into thinking that all we eat is fast food, processed food, sweets, and and we we sort it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy where we just say, Well, that's just how I am, that's how I eat, instead of saying, you know what, that's what I'm doing right now, but I don't have to stay that way. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't enjoy those foods. So why am I eating them? And and just say, you know what, I'm going to start finding something else that I actually enjoy for that. And many times w- the most enjoyable things are they turn out to be really healthy for us. You yeah. know, like we were talking about a salad. When you get the right mix of ingredients in there, you're like, wow, this thing tastes really good. And you know what? It's actually really healthy. Same thing with certain meat dishes or pastas, even or pizza. I mean, you can make, you know, there's there's pizzas that when you look at all of the ingredients combined, it's like, wow, that's actually a really healthy, as far as the uh, nutrient density goes, uh, uh, meal option. Really? Yeah. Oh, we make we make pizzas all the time here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we can make some really yeah, pizzas can be great. You know, they, they, especially like we, we, we put all sorts. We make pizzas with flatbreads, with wholemeal pizza breads, with tortillas. Yeah. Sourdough. And because my kids love it. And then they'll put. You know, they'll put all sorts on, on, you know, they'll put meat on it. They'll put, um, what did we have the other day? We had some chicken and some broccoli on it the other day mm-hmm. and, and then some Parmesan, you know. So, yeah, um, th- yeah, it's just people just put, um, and, and and so what? You know, yeah, that's a really nutritious um, kind of way of of constructing pizza or whatever. And yeah, there are, there are, obviously there are less nutritious versions out yeah. there, but it doesn't mean that they're unhealthy. doesn't yeah. mean they, they're still got a part in our, in our, within our diet, within our social functioning, within, you know, again, you know, you are going to get, there are going to be days when you want a pizza, you want the pleasure and satisfaction that a pizza gives you. And that's cool. That's okay. Yeah. You know? And like you said earlier, the chances are when you are eating it for pleasure and satisfaction, rather than because it's your cheat day and you're allowed to, yeah, you're not going to feel that it's got control over you. Yeah, exactly. And um, and, and I think that's uh, that's probably a good way to start wrapping up this particular episode. Is you know we were again, it's that that whole whole person mentality, a whole person view when it comes yeah. to to health because. Um, yeah, you can eat all the perfectly healthy foods as far as what you would put on paper as being, you know, in quotes, healthy. But if it's not contributing to to your social, emotional, and mental health, then then you're lacking in that area. But that's where it's so important to find that balance. Yeah. And I mean, it often, you know, if you're eating food that really doesn't appeal to your taste buds, what a boring life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I was I had this thought just yesterday. I was watching the commercial for Panera Bread. I don't know if you have those there in the UK, but it's a, it's kind of a sandwich 
place where they make really nice sandwiches with all kinds of different flavors, pesto sauces, different cheeses, different kinds of breads. It's toasted, you know, just kind of a a, a, a nicer sandwich. It's not just a, a, a subway or something like that. But they were showing a picture of it. And I was and I just got thinking, I thought, you know, we live in a in a time period where we can get amazingly delicious foods that are very enjoyable for reasonable prices on a daily basis. And, and so finding foods that we really enjoy should be something that, that, um, that should be a priority for us. There's no reason to be eating. Uh, you know, it, it's not a hundred years ago when you basically had boiled potatoes and, and goat milk and, and an old hen to eat where you were just eating because you had to eat whatever there was to not starve. Um, we actually live, most of us, uh, I mean, there are still people that, who don't, but most of us in, in have the privilege of being able to enjoy relatively tasty foods on a regular basis. And so we should take advantage of it. Yeah, no, you're totally right. It, it, you know, we are, we are in a privileged position. You know, we should, we should make the most of it. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think the, what holds many people back from it, like I said, is this diet culture yeah. and this diet mentality. and you know, I think what makes that harder is the marketing. Like you just mentioned, as well. I mean, this is probably another topic for another day, but like you just mentioned there about your, obviously this advert for these breads and, you know, and, and, and they do, they, they appeal to your senses, yeah? Mm-hmm. So clever, you know, the way I was listening to a podcast. I think it was one of Danny Lennon's podcasts, actually. I was listening to recently about, did you, did you listen to that one where they were talking about the marketing of, mm-hmm. and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, it was. How sophisticated it is and how it does make you want these foods. And that's all well and good. The problem is when you combine that with diet culture and restriction, yeah. that then, you know, you're literally, you can't understand, you know, you're, you're, you're obviously you're drawn to these foods because the marketing is so sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Then you're, you know, your inner psyche is telling you you can't have them because you've got to be healthy and be following this. So it just becomes really, really difficult. Yeah, then you want to be even more. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, research has shown, research has shown that restrained eaters, so people who restrict, are more responsive to those cues. Mm -hmm. They will respond to those cues um, much more readily than people that are unrestrained. So basically that means that if somebody is not restricting and a pizza comes out and they really don't, you know, they're really not hungry, they don't fancy it, if they're an unrestrained eater, so they're not restricting, they're much more able to say, no, I don't want that. You know, it might say it smells good, but you know, I'm I'm just not in the mood for it or my body doesn't want it right now. Whereas if you're a restrained eater, you're going to probably eat that pizza because, yeah, for obvious reasons, because you've restricted it and you cannot say no to those cues. That's a, that's it's such a good point that you make there because I literally can walk to uh, where we live. I can walk to a Panera Bread in about three minutes, and and it's one of my favorite places. And I saw that it it was this amazing looking sandwich on the commercial. But because I eat what I want, um, I I saw that and was like, wow, that looks delicious. But and I might go get one sometime. I don't know, um, but oh, I didn't. I don't feel oh, like uh, I don't feel like I have to. Um, like save it for a cheat day or save it for a cheat meal or something. I know that if I want to go over there for lunch today, I can um, or not. And, and it makes it much easier to then eat in a overall healthy way when you allow yourself to just eat for that, you know, like that, that pleasure and satisfaction and don't restrict yourself. 
Um, We're much much more able to mm -hmm. navigate that clever marketing, I think. Exactly. Yeah, it it really does. And it may sound for that may sound like a foreign concept to a lot of people. But once you start to put it into practice and actually do it, you realize, oh, wow, that that actually does work because it sounds crazy when you hear it. And you're you're coming from that mentality and, and you hear, you know, just eat what you enjoy and it's like I can't do that because then I won't stop but it takes you, time it's a journey you know and I it think it really is they don't you know when I think that's why the satisfaction factor I think they call it and you know that's not to like principle mm-hmm. six there are things there are stages you have to go through first right. you've got to let go of restriction you've got to get go of that diet mentality mm-hmm. you've got to start listening to your hunger and your fullness signals before you can begin to really understand what what is pleasurable and what is satisfying and it takes time like, you know, I've had some feedback this week from ladies in my group program and they've said, you know, it, it's not easy. It's not an easy journey because things will crop up all right. of the time, old rules, old, you know, but they've said to me, one of the ladies said to me today, I'm absolutely loving this journey. It's not easy, but I am learning. And I never thought at 47, I would be learning about what food I enjoy and how it makes my body feel, you know? And so, and it's, it's not an easy journey to do on your own. Mm-hmm. this is the thing and I think right. this is why we do this content it's why we're putting together our program because we know that it's not something that is easy to do without support support and guidance because let's be honest the majority of the world are not on the same page right that's that's true there you're getting you're getting far more of messages to restrict than you are messages like what like what we're, we're passing out and so um so yeah, I think that's probably a good place to to wrap this up for today. And uh, another great conversation. Really enjoyed that. And uh, hopefully our listeners have found that really beneficial, at least encouraging. So definitely reach out to us if if you do feel like you might need some help in this area. And uh, as Rebecca was saying, we do have a a program that's going to be coming out here soon um, at the time of this recording anyway, uh, that will help walk you through uh, some of these processes, some of these steps. and. Uh, and you'll get to yeah, work with will, both of us at, at the same time, as well as have a nice supportive community too in the process. Yeah. And we will literally be going through this as part of the process. Mm-hmm. It's something I'm doing in my group programs. It's definitely something we'll do on our online program. So. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Ooh. All, all right. right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening. And we hope that you have a wonderful, uh, wonderful rest of your day. Yes. And have a wonderful weekend away. Yes, yeah. I, I plan to. I'm going to be eating Mexican food at least. My wife gets stuck on on uh, certain foods and flavors, and with her health issues, sometimes she has certain foods that that sound good to her at that time. So we tend to eat them more. Uh, but Mexican food is one of those that she kind of gets stuck in her mind whenever we go to Houston, which is where we're going. And so we'll be eating that at least two, maybe even three times over the weekend. Love Mexican yeah. food. Love Mexican food. Yeah. <laughs> so on that oh, note yes. <laughs> yes enjoy take care